0: Thanks for listening to the Highlands Highfields Message Podcast. Whether you're new to Highlands and are listening for the first time, or you want to hear a past message again, welcome. Our heart at Highlands is to lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus, so you can have a life full of purpose as you grow in your faith and lead others to Jesus. We hope you enjoy and are inspired by the latest message from one of our communicators.
1: Uh, We're kicking off a new series. It's a brand new series called Made New. Um, and it's all around identity and I want to say up front that um, I was really excited and had this great message all organised coming in late into the week and uh, had a really busy weekend so I thought good I'll get everything sort of planned and, and sort of out there ready to go and then uh, got to sort of Thursday afternoon and then I felt like I'd say great but that's not where I want you to go. So, um, so this morning we're going to go in a slightly different direction to where I thought we were going earlier last week, but I really feel like this is where God wants us to, to launch this series. And so I'm going to start with a couple of reminders out of the Scriptures and then I'm going to get down the pathway that I feel like what God wants you and I to be reminded of or for some of us to recognise maybe even for the first time. Prompted to ask in this whole idea of identity you ever been asked, who do you think you are? So who do you think you are? You, know, you might do something or something. Well, who do you think you are? You know, I, I, was, I wrote that, that, that phrase or that sentence down and, and then sort of thought, well, how would I answer that truthfully? Who do I think I am? And how many know that those of us who follow Jesus, our answer should really be more about, well, who does God say that I am? Because that's more important than who, who I say I am. Because I know I'm flawed. I know I see myself through kind of veiled, veiled eyes. The better question is, so who does God say that I am? So I want to start with a couple of passages of scripture that um, whether you're just checking church out, and if you're here and you're just check, checking church out, you're just checking God out, you're kind of dipping your toe in the water of the whole Christian faith thing and the church thing, we yeah, so glad to have you here. And I, I really hope that you've already picked up that we do life in a very real way and even in the way that we, we share that hopefully you'll understand everything that we're about to say and what, what it's all about or you know, if you've been following Jesus for quite a while I really hope that this reminds you of the essence the essence of who we are so I just want to start right there with um, a passage in, um, in the book of F, um well let's start with Ephesians and then let's go to Romans I think we'll do it that way we'll flip it um, Ephesians first Ephesians chapter 1 Now we're talking about identity. Apostle Paul says this. He says, even before the world was made, God had already chosen us to be to be his through our union with Christ, so that we would be holy and without fault before him. Even before the world began, God chose you and I to be in union with Jesus. Because of his love, God had already decided that through Jesus Christ, he would make us his children. Just let that sit for a minute. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, God has decided to make you and I his kids. Do you get how powerful that is? We We are children of creator God. This was his pleasure and his purpose. Let us praise God for his glorious grace, for the free gift he gave gave us in his dear Son. For by the blood of Christ we are set free, that is, our sins are forgiven. How great is the grace of God which he gave to us in such large measure. And then Paul writes to another church in Rome, and the church is in Rome, and he says this about the same idea of our our identity. So it's not just this one-off, obscure kind of little thing over here. Right through the Scriptures, when we understand who do we think we are, well, who does God say that we are? So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you've received God's Spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Pause for a minute. You know the power of adoption? The power of adoption is I choose you. Now sometimes, we can, ladies, you can fall pregnant and you had no choice in the matter and it's just kind of happening. Well, you had a choice in how it happened, but, but maybe no choice. Do you know what I mean? But with adoption, it's like, what a beautiful moment. Those, I don't know if there's anyone in, in this place right now that's been adopted um, in, in a physical sense, but what a beautiful moment. I, I choose you to be my child. And God says to you this morning, he adopted you to be his children. So now we can call him Abba Father. And the word Abba, if you reflect through and you understand the understanding of that, you know what that means? It doesn't mean lording over Father God. It means Daddy. Abba Father means Daddy. Which is kind of weird when you think about the God who created the universe and he says, I'm your Abba Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. There it is again. And then he he unpacks it a little bit by saying, what does that mean? It means, and since we're his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Jesus, together with Christ, we are heirs for God's glory. Now I want to start this whole series of brand new, this whole identity series with that. And if you go away with nothing else this morning in the next 20 odd minutes of what I'm about to, to unpack, I want you to go away with that. You are chosen by God. He's adopted you into his family as his son, as his daughter. Don't ever forget that. Wherever you're at in your journey, even if you're just checking him out, he wants you to know that he loves you and he's called you for a purpose because he wants to have this daddy relationship with you. I love it when Jesus is teaching us to pray. You know, if you're thinking about how to pray, there's, a, there's what we call the Lord's Prayer, which is in Matthew chapter 6. And in Matthew chapter 6, it's not going to be on the screen, but it talks about, hey, Jesus says, well, hey, this is how you should pray. And he starts with our Father who art in heaven. Most of us know that even if we haven't been around church for a while. Our Father who art in heaven. He starts with our Father. He starts with our Dad. Call me Dad. He says, call me Father. Because that's who I am to you, if you let me be, if you allow me. So we are his children. So that's the, that's the preface that I want to lay out this whole series on. You and I are kids of the King. We're kids of the King. No matter what we do, no matter what we say, no matter how we act or react, we can't walk away from his love. That, that incredible love, that adopted father love. Can we start that as a foundation and just let that resonate over as we keep going? So, let's segue into what, what does that mean for us today? Identity. You know, there are people in the world who, who when we see, we know they stand for something. Do you know that? If, if I say certain names, straight away you'll think, yeah, yeah, I, I, I know what they stand for. You know, if I think about, um, and, and I'm going to pick some, some that we would all know and then some that maybe, maybe we may not know. We'll go, oh, yeah. So if I said Mother Teresa, we know that she stood for the poor and the needy, yeah? Most of us would know that she stood for, interceded for, wanted to be a part of it and reflected how we can help the poor and the needy. If I say Greta Thunberg, remember the little, little Greta? She stood for being a crusader against global warming and still does to this day. So when we see her picture, her face, no matter what you think of the way she's gone about things, this young girl represents the battle to, to bring awareness to global warming. Jamie Oliver, yeah. passionate about food and good food too. You know, so he represents the idea of us eating well. Laurie Lawrence, he's a Queenslander. Remember he was the swimming coach? And now he's on the ads and he's passionate about it and he represents good swimming health and, and teaching kids how, to, how to, to learn how to swim. Yeah. Fred Hollows, who's passed away, he represented bringing, uh, helping people to see, going into third world countries and helping people who are blind to see. David Attenborough. He represents the planet. Every time you hear his voice, you think about it, you know, he's just got that that unique voice. Many of us have tried to take him off. I'm not going to do that this morning. But, you know, many of us try. But when we first moved, into, when we first moved up, to, up, up here uh, to Toowoomba, it was right in the middle of the drought, believe it or not. It was in the middle of the drought. And we'd heard about all these great waterfalls and, and we, th- we didn't realise how bad the drought was. And so we decided to go and check out these great waterfalls in high fields and, and uh, around Crow's Nest and all these places. And we rocked up and parked, no cars anywhere. And we thought, oh, that's good. We'll have it, have it to ourselves. Walked through dry creek beds everywhere. And I couldn't help myself. Well, here we are, looking along these dreads where once there was water and life and today, (laughs) terrible, I know, I'm sorry. (laughs) But we know when we hear that voice, we think about people, who, 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 a guy who is passionate and represents the planet and looking after the planet. And even people like I went to a concert last night to see Jimmy Barnes and, and it reminded me of people like Molly Meldrum and Michael Gadinsky who are both um, represent Australian artists really well. So, so we can say a name and we can, we can think about what do they represent? What do we see in them? What, what, what do we think of when we see them? What, what do they represent? What about you? What are you known for? What do you represent? Because you understand we all get known for something, don't you? Just the way we live our lives, the way we speak. We'll get known for something. Uh, The great theologian, not really, the great singer, John Mellencamp, in one of his songs says, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. So we all have an opportunity to represent or to stand for something and we do in some way, shape or form. So what's this whole idea of representing mean? What does it mean to be an ambassador for or to represent? Many years ago, I, I, um, I, I've always loved sport, and many years ago, um, I had the privilege of, um, of playing baseball. And uh, and cricket and AFL and a few other things, but baseball was my my gig. Baseball was my sport. And um, as a as a young guy in his teenage years in his early twenties, I was fortunate to to do quite well. And um, I was actually selected to to represent Australia and to go over to America and play in the world the world games, the world fair for an under twenty one. I think it was under twenty one, under twenty two series. And and so it was an incredible honour to, to be selected to re- represent your country, as you would understand. And uh, When we were there and we were gathered together, they got the team together and they presented us with our uniforms and then they presented us with our Australian Blazers. Now that does not fit me anymore. (laughs) That's why I'm not putting it on. And I share that with you because you know the day that we got given this, it was such an incredible honour that I was representing my country um, in this particular sport overseas. And when they gave it to us, they sat us down. And they talked about what does it mean to represent your country. And they laid out a whole lot of things. They talked about when you're out and you're wearing this blazer, people no longer see you. They see who you represent. And so if you speak poorly or you act in a certain way, they're not thinking about Murray Holmes; They're thinking about, oh, that's what Australians do particularly in America and particularly in those days, I'm not saying when it was, but uh, quite a while ago where we could share some stories. Like we uh, used to share stories like people go, oh, you're Australian. Tell, so What's the difference between Australia and America? And oh, yeah, well, you have the mail service over here in America, don't you? And they went, Yeah. Don't you have the mail service... This is a terrible accent, but sorry to all the Americans and Canadians in the room. Don't you have mail service? Yeah, yeah, yeah we do, but, but we, we don't employ anyone. We have kangaroos. <laughs> and, you know, we, we, we train them and we put the, the, the envelopes and the, and the mail in their pouches and we just train them to go hop up. No way, man! <laughs> I don't think Americans are as gullible anymore because so many Australians are doing well overseas. But that's that's how long ago it was. But, you know... There was a policy on behaviour. There was a policy even on on hair length. And in those days, um, some of the guys were wearing earrings. I'm not saying whether I did or not. But you know, you couldn't wear earrings. and, And there were curfews that we had to keep. And there were expectations that were clearly laid out and followed because we had a responsibility that was no longer just us. But we were representing something beyond ourselves. We were ambassadors for the country. Let me read to you 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 14 as you think about what does this mean to me, about me and my faith journey? What does it mean about being an ambassador? What what does that mean today for me? Paul writes this, he says, Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have, have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they'll live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely as, from a human point of view, how differently we know him now. So as you go on the journey, how differently do we know him now? This means that anyone who belongs to Christ, anyone who who has said, Jesus, I believe you and believe in you and I want you to lead my life. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old is gone and a new life has begun. I thank God that I've had the opportunity to ask Jesus into my life that I might become a new person. And all of us, all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. No longer counting people's sins against them. God no longer counts our sins against us as he draws us to himself. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. And here we go. This brings it all home. So we are who? Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. You know, the beautiful thing around that, that whole passage there, and that's our core text today, is Jesus dies that we can have this reconciliation, if you like, with, with God. And he wants us And he calls us and he says, your identity, those of you who follow Jesus, your identity is you are an ambassador now. You're an ambassador for Jesus. You're not perfect. You're going to make mistakes. But I'm calling you as part of your new identity because the old has passed away and all things become new. You are now an ambassador for Jesus. You represent him. You have the opportunity of making a difference. And church, I believe across the board, right around the world, I believe we as Christians have stepped back from that responsibility. Yeah. I, I don't believe that we are seeing that at the forefront of our mind. And we go back to our own identity of me, 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 and what, is, what do I think and how do I see myself and what do I believe, rather than who does Jesus say you are and what does he call you to do Therefore. You see, an ambassador—the definition of being an ambassador—is an official envoy appointed for a special assignment. I love that mission impossible. You've got a special assignment, you know. But uh, you know, as as ambassadors, we're a special envoy with a special environment we're, uh, assignment. We're a messenger. We're a representative. We're to speak on behalf of. How many know it's an honour to be asked to be an ambassador? It was an honour. To be asked, you know, to, to wear that. Thanks, man. to wear that. It was an honor to be asked to represent my country and a responsibility that we had to be very careful we didn't fall short of. So, do you know who you're representing? Have you stepped into a place of being a representative? Because how many know that we all represent something in our lives? People see you and they see something about you. So I don't know about you, but as a Christian, those of you in the room who are followers of Jesus, I want to represent Jesus and I know I'm not going to be perfect. See, the good news is he's not saying, I chose you because you're perfect. Good news, he's not saying what? Well, right. Great, I chose you because you're not going to get anything wrong. You're going to say all the right things at the right time. You're going to do all the right things. Right. So therefore, I choose you. I adopt you. No, no, no. He says, I adopt you because I know exactly who you are. I know exactly what your flaws are. I know exactly all the, all the little things that you're going to get wrong along the journey. But I choose you anyway. Because I want to I use you. I want to speak in you and through you. See, so you and I are called to be his representatives. We had one young man on this trip who didn't represent Australia well. He made some poor mistakes and some poor errors and did some things and he was sent home because he wasn't representing his country well and so therefore couldn't play in the World Games because he was a poor representative. When I was thinking about this message, I thought, wow, I thank God that God doesn't send me home because I'm a poor representative. He just picks me up, dusts me off and says, keep going. Keep going. Keep going. But I want to, what I want to do with the time that's left is what I'd like to do is talk about what kind of ambassador could you and I be for Jesus? I feel like there's three different types of ambassadors we can be. It's kind of like we don't get a choice. We, well, we get a choice of which one, but we don't get a choice whether we are or whether we're not. If you're a follower of Jesus, then you're reflecting Jesus' life through you. So you're going to be one of these three. The first one. The first kind of ambassador we could be for Jesus is so we could be an, an anonymous ambassador. We could be an anonymous ambassador. Like, I could go out and not wear the jacket and just be a person. You could go into your life and you could be an absent representation of Jesus. You see, an ambassador for Jesus is more than just a title that we use to impress ourselves or our the Christian friends that we have. The anonymous representations of Jesus don't help the cause of God because we stay quiet with our words and with our actions. Let me ask you a question. As a representative, as an ambassador of Jesus, why are we not quick to take offence on his behalf? Why are we not quick to say, well, hang on a minute. No, that's not actually quite right. I'm going to say take offence. I'm not saying we go up and get in arguments with people. But when was the last time you stood firm in your faith? When you were challenged about something or something came up in a conversation and you chose to not say anything rather than saying, oh, actually, I disagree with that. You know, I'm a follower of Jesus and I'm not perfect, but this is what I try to do. So when I, say, when I say the anonymous representation, I'm not saying the opposite of that is being arrogant and rude. I'm going to talk about that in a moment. But the anonymous ones are the ones that we choose just to be step back and be quiet with our words and with our actions. Anonymous representatives of Jesus aren't looking for for Holy Spirit opportunities, for God to move in the lives of those around us and aren't seeking for opportunities to share. Anonymous representatives of Jesus aren't praying for opportunities to, to mix with people who don't yet know him. Anonymous representatives of Jesus are focused more on self and on a comfortable life, not searching for opportunities to press in. Anonymous representatives of Jesus aren't wearing the, the jacket of Jesus with honour, but we kind of like hide it away. I know this is getting awkward for some of us. And you know me, those of you who have been around here long enough know me. I'm not talking about that we should be out beating people over the heads with the Bible. I was brought up outside of a Christian home. If somebody had done that to me, there's no way us no would to have walked towards Jesus. But what I am saying is that some of us use that as an excuse not to say or do anything. Kaz said, I think, um, a couple of weeks ago when she said, maybe last week, and she said, if you were put on trial for your faith, would you be fair and guilty? Say again, if you were put on trial for your faith, would you be When Kaz said that to me, I went, oh my goodness. What does that look like for you to not be an anonymous representation? You know, some of us... At church, we're we're a certain way, but then we we go into our day-to-day lives and we go to work and and our language changes. The way we speak to people changes. The emphasis around the way we speak to people changes. Maybe even the the way we speak in terms of the language and swearing changes a little bit. My my question is why? It's almost like we take the jacket off and we put the jacket on. Okay, we go to church, put my my Jesus jacket on. I'm going to work now. Oh, I'm going to have this situation. I'll take my Jesus jacket off for this one. Jesus goes, can you imagine? Now, I know that's a practical thing, but can you imagine what that does to the heart of God who says, I chose you. I've changed you. I've got a plan and a purpose for you. There's eternity that you're living in now and that's waiting for you. So I wonder why there are so many or so few ambassadors willing to open their mouths, open up their lives and share the love of Jesus. Now some of us will wear a lot of cross, wear the cross, or they'll put the fish sticker on the car, or they tell Christians we're praying for them, which is amazing. All those things are fine. All those things are good. But what does that mean in terms of us being ambassadors of Jesus in the world? Jesus rescued you. Now he wants you to be an ambassador to help to rescue others. I'll say that again. Jesus gave his life that you could have eternal life, that you could be reconnected with God and have eternity in heaven with the Father. And Jesus gave his life for that. And he's saying now, would you be my representatives to help me to touch the lives of others? An anonymous representative is not helpful. It's not helpful. Well-known publicist Max Clifford says this, he makes this comment, he says, the words Jesus and the church never seem to figure anywhere these days in people's conversations, unless it's a negative. The words church and Jesus never seem to be used in a conversation these days, except if it's a negative. When was the last time you just shared openly about your faith in Jesus or being part of an amazing church? Apostle Paul spoke clearly about this when he wrote to the church in Rome, Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. He says, For I'm not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. So as I finish this point, here's a question. Are you embarrassed by your faith? And if not, why are there moments where you're anonymous and silent? One way that we can represent is we can be an anonymous representative. The second way is we can be an obnoxious representative. Because this is kind of the extreme. It's either like we don't even know... The other one is the obnoxious one that just pushes people away. You know, I mentioned that we had a guy in our team that was sent home because he just was a really poor representative because he did, just didn't care and he went about things in a really terrible way. Well, I know some Christians who are just loose cannons and they often do harm. One, of my, a mate of mine, Dave Adamson, who was a, the social media pastor over at um, North Point Church in, in Atlanta, and he's now back in Australia, living out of. Um, living out of the, uh, the sunny coast and doing a lot of great work, just released a book called Meta Church. He writes this about this whole idea of the obnoxious representative. He said, If people hate you because of Jesus, that might be expected. If people hate you because of your faith in Jesus, well, that might be expected. They don't get it. But if people hate Jesus because of you, that's a problem. People hate you because of Jesus, well, you know, maybe they don't understand. But if people hate Jesus because of the way you act, there's an issue. So what do you post on social media? What, what, when people challenge things, how do you approach that in a way that's, that's understanding and engaging rather than, oh my goodness... They just, they just push me away because of the way they are about their faith. There's a great example about, about how this obnoxious representation can, can impact on people. Um, there's a traffic warden in Germany, and they came up with a novel way of cutting down the number of people who were parking illegally. Instead of giving them a ticket, Otto Janser, who, who was the traffic warden, decided anyone who did the wrong thing, he'd preach at them. So one of his victims said, he came back, I came back from the shops and he was standing by my car. And he got out his Bible and he started reciting Psalm 88, the wrath of God. I think this is a true story from what I understand. Then he made me kneel and sing a hymn. The dramatic, he, they said the dramatic drop in illegal parking because no one wanted to get caught and repeat that sort of experience. <laughs> I don't know, maybe that's what our, our the people, the uh, traffic guys in Toowoomba and, and uh, Highfields need to do. But you can see what, what the, what the point is trying to make. Sometimes we can do things thinking, well, here's a great opportunity. And we just beat people over the head with the Bible or we, or we write some stuff so harsh on social media or we stand up in a conversation and we're so harsh and there's no love and grace that we become obnoxious. And People go, if that's what Christianity is all about, I don't want to be a part of it. Now, Remember what I started with. I'm saying we need to stand up and represent well. So I'm not saying we go back to be we 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 jump from being obnoxious to being abnon- anonymous, but I'm saying uh, if you're obnoxious, that's not helpful either. British philosopher and social reformer Bertrand Russell was well known for being for having a lack of faith, for being an atheist. His daughter was a Christian. She was a Christ follower, and his daughter, Bertrand Russell's daughter wrote this. So sad. She said, I would have loved to convince my dad that I'd found what he was looking for, the one thing he'd longed for in his life, that the search for God does not have to be in vain. But she says, but it was hopeless. See, my dad had too many, had known too many obnoxious Christians, terrible moralists, who sucked the joy from life. He would have never been able to see through the truth that they were hiding in the way that they lived there's a great, a great poem by Edgar Guest, I want to read this to you because it, it really talks really clearly about how we live our lives and the impact we can have it says I'd rather see a sermon, you may have heard it it says I'd rather see a sermon than hear one any day I'd rather one should walk with me than merely show the way the eyes are better pupil and more willing than the ear fine counsel is confusing but example is always clear The best of all the preachers are the ones who live their creeds for to see the good in action is what everybody needs. I can soon learn how to do it if you'll let me see it done. I can watch your hands in action but your tongue too fast may run and the lectures you deliver may be wise and true but I'd rather get my lesson observing what you do. For I may understand you and the high advice you give, but there's no misunderstanding how you act and how you live. Beautiful. How you act and how you live. So what am I saying about not being obnoxious? Live that life that Jesus says, love God, love people. You know, move towards people with love and always be ready to give a reason for the hope that you have. Some of us are so obnoxious and we've got good intention. We want people to know Jesus but we do it in such a way that we actually push people away. So you can be the anonymous one, the anonymous representative. The people don't even know you're a representative of Jesus. You can be the obnoxious one who sits in this place and and is just like, I see that person. If that's what a Christian's about, I don't want to be about. But here it is. Here's the third one. Here's the way that God wants us to be. The third kind of ambassador we can be is an effective representative. As an effective representative. And see, to be an effective representative, I want people to see Jesus in me. The scripture says, it's no longer I that lives, but Christ that lives in me. That's how I want to be. I mentioned before that I, I, I had a role representing Australia. sport. I've also had other roles representing. See, we all have them. Another role I had representing was when I was in the fire service. I was in the fire service before going into ministry. And so, you know, they give you your badges of the, you know, fire brigade badges and the yeppelence that you wear on your arm. And that's, you know, when people see me, when I turned up to a fire, they didn't see me as Murray Holmes. They saw me as a firefighter. So I was representing the Country Fire Authority or the Metropolitan Fire Brigade. So they saw me because of my actions and what I was wearing, and how I was doing things, as not Murray, but as a firefighter. You know, effective representative of Jesus, where people no longer see me; they see Jesus in me. What is it about you, Murray? This is this is the thing I long for people to say, to me. Murray. What is it about you? You know, you just seem to be there when I need someone to talk to. Murray, you just you don't judge me, and this is not what. But this is what I long to hear, Murray. You don't judge me. You're just there for me. Murray, you've invited me along to, to, to connect with others who know this Jesus you're talking about. And they're, they're pretty cool people. They're not weird, they're not obnoxious, they're not absent. They're just real about their faith. It's no longer I that lives, but Christ that lives in me. And when we allow Jesus to work in us and through us, we have an impact. You see, we don't wear a jacket. We don't carry a badge. We don't wear a uniform. It's the blood of Jesus that identifies us. It's the fact that Jesus Christ died on a cross that very first Easter. That you and I can have a personal relationship with God. Why did he die? Not because he thought it was a good idea. Because it was the only way that you and God could be reconciled that you could have a life of purpose that you could know the love of a father that you could have an eternity that would never be separated from God and many of you in this room know that and you've accepted God and you've prayed a prayer and you've asked him into your life we're going to have an opportunity to do that again in a moment but some of you here have never ever thought about that wow Jesus died for me yes and what does he want from us that we might just represent him as best we possibly can that we might be effective because of the blood, because we—it's not—it's not a jacket, it's not a uniform, it's not a badge. It's Jesus' blood shed that created that opportunity for you and for me. God desires for you and me to be committed to representing Him well. John fifteen sixteen records Jesus once saying, "You didn't choose me; I actually chose you, and I appointed you to go and bear much fruit." And that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask for of the Father in my name, it may be given to you. Jesus says, Yes, there's a time where you make a decision to walk with me, but I've chosen you before you even thought about me. And I've appointed you to go and bear much fruit. You know what the much fruit is? It's to be an effective representative that others might come to know that same Jesus. That's what the fruit is. That's the bottom line. To reflect. You know, to be a representative. You know what that actually means—to represent. Think about it. Represent, represent. Our goals is just to continue to seek to find ways of representing Jesus. You know, knowing that we're going to fall short. Because I know as a new Christian, I thought there's no way I can do that. Because I'm who am I? Who am I to, rep- to represent Jesus? To represent Him? And God says, "No, no, no. You just be you. Just be you. Share your life." openly about your faith. Let people see me at work in you, growing you and developing you and making the changes. You don't have to strive for this. There's not a striving. It's allowing what Jesus did on the cross. That's where the power is. The power is not, right, this morning I'm going to do it. It's just going, God, just use me today. The power is what Jesus has already done on the cross for you and for me. It's no longer I that, that live, but Christ that lives in me. You see, we started today by looking at who we are. And I want to finish by reminding us, you're a son of the King. You're a daughter of Jesus, a daughter of God. And because of that, we have a responsibility to be representatives of Him, to be ambassadors of Him, to be in other people's lives, to pray for opportunities to love, to share love and to share Jesus in our words and in our actions. It's time for us to leave the comfortable and to step into things that are uncomfortable. I don't want to embarrass anyone today, but I'm going to share a story about something that happened along these lines recently where we had a guy, we've got a guy in this church who's just been praying for his workmates, praying and praying and praying for his workmates. God, just give me the opportunity of just being being your ambassador well at work. And through his words and through his actions, there was an opportunity for him to share with a couple of his mates. And one of the ladies in his church. in his workplace was going through a bit of a tough time and he just was just, just himself. But he shared about Jesus and his journey and what that looks like and was an effective representative, invited her along to church one Sunday. She came along and she heard the message and God did something in her heart. And then at work, I think it was at work the next day or that two days later they were chatting again and he just talked to her about this personal relationship with Jesus and he had the opportunity of praying with her and she accepted Jesus she's now coming along been coming along for a few weeks now is this guy perfect? no you ask his wife she said straight away no he's not but he just wants to be an effective representative of Jesus so you know when Peter gets up in the morning I've given the name away now Peter when Peter gets up in the morning he just says here I am I'm not perfect but here I am and I care about these people I know you do too help me to be an effective representative of Jesus and God together let's see what happens how cool would it be if that story continues to ripple how cool would it be that we not just represent but we represent time and time again through our words and through our actions now, People in the world have heard what politicians say and they've heard what business world says and they've heard what Hollywood says and they've heard what the media says. But God has placed you and me here so that people get to hear and people get to see about the love of Jesus. Not to be obnoxious, but not to be absent. To be effective by just saying, here I am, God, use me. Here I am, God, use me. You know, in that in that uh, when we represented Australia, we actually had the privilege, we actually won a medal, we, we finished third. The Americans won, the Japanese were second, and we, we beat the, the, the Mexicans and we got a bronze medal. And it's one of my proudest possessions in terms of a possession. But I've said this a couple of times. I'd give it away in a heartbeat. If it meant not representing Australia, but my representing of Jesus meant a life would be changed that's what he wants to do you see it's no longer me that lives it's no longer you that lives but Jesus wanting to live in you and through you so where's your identity It's as a son and a daughter of the king and what does that mean we get to be an ambassador in who we are and the way we live our lives and maybe for you the first step is saying God just give me opportunities to follow you
0: Thanks again for listening to the Highlands Highfields message podcast. We hope you feel encouraged to take these words with you to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose and to make a difference. If you feel moved by today's message and want to connect with us, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at highlands.highfields on Facebook or Instagram or head to highlandschurch.org.au for more resources and information. Be sure to follow the Highlands Highfields message podcast on your preferred platform to stay up to date with our latest message. We hope to see you in person soon.